0: What's going on, my friends? This is Maggie Pilligen here, the host of the Maggie Pilligen podcast, and I have a new episode coming your way. Well, I guess it's here already. So here's a new episode. <laughs> I hope you all have been doing well and taking care of yourselves physically, mentally, emotionally, all that good stuff. First of all, I just want to say that I hope you all enjoyed the last episode, which was my interview with Peter Lay. If you haven't listened already, you're really missing out because he is not only incredibly entertaining and easy to talk to and fun and energetic and Knows a lot about Shawn Mendes and other pop culture related things. (laughs) But he's also incredibly intelligent and multi-talented. And I truly believe that he's a trailblazer in education in the way that he centers his students' identities and experiences. uh, The way he brings social justice, equity, and inclusion to the forefront of his lessons. And just the way he mentors and supports his students it was seriously an honor to talk to him and I hope you all take some time out of your busy schedules to listen to our conversation. I promise you it's worth it. And I bet you'll learn something from Peter. Just saying. So I've got sort of a random episode coming your way. Random and sort of all over the place episode coming from the Maggie Pilotin? How wild and unexpected, right? Sarcasm. I promise. Um... <laughs> Okay, well, maybe let's frame this a little different. Maybe not random, but just covering a wide variety of topics. (laughs) That sounds far more professional. And I swear that they're just going to like super, super smoothly flow into each other. So maybe that's a little intriguing for you. But yeah, so we're going to cover AAPI Heritage Month, uh, even though it's basically the end of May. But in reality, let's just celebrate AAPI Heritage and Pride all year long, yes? And speaking of Pride, Pride Month is next month. So, yay! Talk about another important thing to celebrate. So, I'm definitely going to put out some Pride-themed episodes and content coming out next month. (laughs) No pun intended. Um, So, be on the lookout for that. But again, in this episode, we will also be covering Mental Health Awareness Month, which is also in May. Side note... I feel another rant coming on, but I'll try to limit myself. I believe that AAPI Heritage Month and Mental Health Awareness Month are both incredibly important, obviously personally, but also as a society. So don't you think they deserve to have separate months of celebration? Just a suggestion. I don't know. I was talking about that the other day with my friend, and we were like, who decides on when these holidays and appreciation months are, and who do we write a strongly worded letter to about this? (laughs) But also, I'm sure some of you have already heard this joke, but there's some saying about how if we need to set aside a whole week or month of appreciation for some identity, then that shows you how unappreciated or underappreciated that identity is in our world. And really, how far we have to go to give more airtime or equity or appreciation to that specific identity. And whoever holds that identity. Anyway, just some food for thought. Already getting off track here, but in relation to Mental Health Awareness Month, I'm also going to chat about anxiety and some things that I've noticed recently with my own anxiety and then also tying that conversation into some more conversations around my gender and my own understanding of my gender and how it's evolved over the past year. So don't want to give too much away now, no spoilers here, but that is what's on the docket for today. So let's get started. So I actually talked about AAPI Heritage Month and Mental Health Awareness Month in one of my first podcast episodes ever, back in the beginning, early days of the Maggie Pilton podcast. It's just so cute, so adorable. Um, So if you want to hear more about those topics and my thoughts on it, you should check that episode out. It's called Light and Fun. Again, just so cute, so adorable. But for this episode, as you all know, I identify as multiracial or as a HAPA. My mother is Chinese and my father is French slash basically a bunch of all many other forms of European. And my Asian ethnicity is incredibly important to me because of many reasons, including family ties, family history, pride in my family story and Chinese culture pride in my grandparents' immigration stories, and, uh, and other things. So for me, AAPI Heritage Month is something that I honor and celebrate because, again, as we all know, Maggie loves any excuse to celebrate. Uh, but it's also something I honor and celebrate throughout the year with my sisters and my family. Celebrations really shouldn't just be confined to one month or, you know, for anything, but especially a part of your identity that you're so proud of and is so central to who you are, like my Asian identity. So to tie in AAPI Heritage Month and Mental Health Awareness Month, I found this really awesome Instagram post from this account, DiveinWell. Not sure if you all have heard of it, but it's a wellness account and a website. And according to their description, they are cultivating space, community, conversations, and change for a more equitable and accessible wellness industry. Very nicely done. Very articulate. So in this post, they pose the question, which self-care and wellness practices do you engage in that have roots in Asian-slash-Pacific culture? Whoa. Like, mind-blown. How cool is that question? Don't know if you all are reacting the same way I am, but it's just so cool. I'm going to repeat it because it's so cool. Which self-care and wellness practices do you engage in that have roots in Asian-slash-Pacific culture? And I don't know about you all, but I feel like I've seen so many self-care related questions posted on Instagram like that, that can honestly sound pretty repetitive after a while. But this is one that I had actually never seen before. And I love that it tied into both of those awareness months. And it actually, like for real, forced me to sit down and think about it, which is an accomplishment, given that it is hard to get me to sit down and focus on one thing for more than about 10 minutes, (laughs) sort of whatever. So some of the self-care and wellness practices that I use that have roots in Asian slash Pacific culture are, which one should I say first? Um, let's start with yoga, which I actually admittedly definitely need to do more often. <laughs> I haven't been super great at uh, working yoga into my routines recently, but it really does benefit my body and my mind in so many ways. And my jam is at-home yoga, which if you've ever done at-home yoga, I guarantee you, you've done a yoga with Adrian video. <laughs> and she's my home girl. That's my go-to for yoga. So shout out to Adrian. Let's see what else. I also have been trying to get better at meditating. It's always been something that I've struggled with, actually. Uh, mostly, again, just sitting in one place and being fully present in that practice for longer than like five or ten minutes. Uh, but I'm working on it. And again, something that I really should dedicate more time to. I used to do some meditations right before I went to sleep and I know how helpful that was. Um, so I gotta, gotta work that back into my self-care practice as well. Another one is, uh, Chinese medicine slash herbs. My fiance is actually also signed out. How cool is it to say my fiance? Anyway, still not over that. Okay. <laughs> my fiance is, uh, actually really knowledgeable about herbs and has created a pretty awesome like tincture regimen for me, which might sound like super hippie, but it's actually amazing. And it's been helping a lot uh, the last couple of months and for me, and it addresses, Various aspects of my physical and mental health, but it's been amazing. So that's kind of another practice that I've added to my self-care regimen. In addition, I love going to acupuncture, which I know is not for everyone, but I have zero fear in needles. So that definitely helps. <laughs> um, but it's one of those things that I'm not totally sure if it like really does help. Like, for example, like my ankle or my knee. Like I've always had ankle and knee issues. But I do think that it has some stress and sleep and mental health benefits. And honestly, like if it just means that I can go in and get some needles stuck in me and relax and take a nap for like 30, 45 minutes, then I'm in. Like I am all for that. And that can be a huge stress reliever in itself, even if it is kind of the placebo effect. So there you go. Another tool. And then I also remember that uh, when I started getting migraines when I was about 12, I think, my grandma taught me Qigong, which I still use to this day when I get a migraine, actually. And just thinking about it is actually really special for me because I can visualize myself lying on her bed uh, with her next to me in like a dark room and like a towel over my forehead and my eyes because that's like, if you've ever had a migraine, that's like literally all you can do when you have one. It's anything else is just too stimulating, too painful. So, you know, that's where we ended up. But I can imagine her just lying next to me and like doing acupressure on my hands or with a couple different points that uh, she would focus on and that she would show me. And then just also like talking about uh, or talking through the types of breaths I could try and visualizing like blowing the pain from my head out using the power of my lungs and just, oh, oh my goodness, it's just so relaxing and Powerful and like uplifting in an odd way. I feel like the tone of my voice just got even calmer. Like just thinking about it makes me calm. So, again, pretty powerful. <laughs> and you all have heard me talk a lot about my maternal grandmother before and how much she meant to me. But I have so many memories of her like those. And again, like those are the things I think about during AAPI Heritage Month. And I'd actually love to know how you would all answer that prompt. So, feel free to. DM me on social media at Maggie Pilliton or leave a comment on whatever platform you're listening to this episode on. would love to hear your thoughts. So I'm probably missing some other self-care things that I do, but I loved that question and that kind of transitions us into the Mental Health Awareness Month discussion. So for this part of the episode, I first want to acknowledge that everyone experiences mental health and stress and trauma in different ways and... I love having open discussions with people about mental health and being really, really open and honest um, about my experience with mental health. And I hope that having an awareness month like this can amplify some of those voices, your voices, and and the experiences and conversations that we have around it too. Because that's a really important way to celebrate, quote unquote, mental health and feel less alone when you're experiencing some sort of mental discomfort. So... For my discussion on Mental Health Awareness Month, I wanted to talk about some anxieties that I've been feeling and exploring more recently. Uh, The root of my mental health struggles, I think at least, is depression. And uh, anxiety to me is something that I think I've experienced more as I've gotten older, but also especially as I've explored various parts of my identity more. Like I know when... I was coming out, which also like there wasn't one age that I came out. I feel like coming out has been happening for like decades at this point. But during a portion of that, I, there was obviously like a looming fear of if others would accept you and if your relationships would change and etc. And again, as or since coming out is a lifelong process, uh, anxiety is something that unfortunately can stick with you and manifest in different ways. So in addition to my exploration of my sexual identity, I started to explore my gender identity a lot more in this past year, which I've also talked about on my website and my podcast. So if you want to hear more about those stories, look around my website or check out some other podcast episodes. (laughs) But so again, I've told this story before, but last year I did this professional development workshop all summer and I had some conversations during that experience that like literally changed my life. I, discovered words that like when put together felt like my true gender identity, which I had not really experienced before. Cisgender just never felt right to me. And yes, like I knew I felt like a female, but that just didn't feel like enough or like it didn't feel like the right fit. And so once I heard someone say a gender fluid female, like that phrase put together, not like gender fluid or female, but then put together, I just immediately felt like I had found my identity. I had this. Insane, like wave of emotions, and also like a light bulb going off, and like all of these things, and like rainbows, and just you know all of this stuff that was super exciting, and again, that just felt right. And I, I hadn't really felt the need to put a label on it, but it always just felt kind of clunky to say things like, "Well, I identify as a female, but I have like some more gender nonconforming characteristics." You know, like my my voice is deeper, and you know, etc. It's just too complicated and just felt like I had to give like my whole life story, which just didn't feel right either. So this past year, I've worn the gender fluid female label proudly. And even though I've talked about it on my podcast and my website, like I said, I haven't actually had a lot of conversations with people in my life about it, which I like for some reason hadn't really considered until recently. It's something that, you know, I've obviously put in a lot of work on my own and had some conversations with some people, but I, I've thought about how it hasn't really been a big, like, conversation besides putting it on my podcast. And there, unfortunately, like, there seems to be kind of like a lack of interest or even like a discomfort around the conversation in general, but also um, within my own life and within the people that are in my life, which is really, really defeating and tough, like, to be blatantly honest. And,. I know, you know, people can say things like when it comes to my sexuality or my gender, people can say things like, oh, I love you no matter what. But to me, like, honestly, that feels like when someone says something like, oh, like when I think of race, I'm colorblind. Like, (laughs) like, like if there's no follow up on the type of support I need or the conversations I want to have that lack of acknowledgement of the identities that I hold that are considered different or marginalized is is almost just as hurtful as another type of reaction. So this past year has been really emotional in exploring that identity. And to me, it it's felt like it's ended or, com- or completely even like recategorized some relationships in my life. And I'm so lucky that I do have a few people in my life that want to be a part of this exploration with me and that actively ask if I want to engage in those conversations with them. And I, I seriously cannot say enough how much that means to me. But it's also making me realize that, like, as the world opens up, since more people are vaccinated and counties and states are easing their COVID restrictions, I might be, quote unquote, forced to open up about my gender identity more. And I, I know that's not really the right way to say it, but I guess it's, it's making me realize that I could be put in more s- situations or put in more positions to be around people that might not want to have those conversations or that aren't comfortable with my gender identity or that I'm not comfortable expressing my full gender identity with. Like, for example, there might be certain situations where wearing my hair how I like to wear it or wearing it a certain way... Is going to make other people uncomfortable or like, or, or I'll, I'll second guess it myself or, you know, like wearing the men's clothes that I wear on basically a daily basis. And, and like that, just all of that feels really, really scary to me. I know that a lot of people can feel anxious right now about less people wearing masks or going back to work in person or just being around more people in general. And I, Although I feel bits of anxiety with those things occasionally, I, I feel the most anxious thinking about how I will be bearing this new identity in this new world or in this kind of like back to normal but not world. This feels like a whole other complicated identity piece and also just a piece of intersectionality in so many ways um, of like multiple identities like gender and sexual identity and all that stuff but also just mental health and society and the world and COVID and just so many different things that it's really hard to process and again it's anxiety inducing. Um, And you know in an odd way it's actually been really comforting and helpful for my exploration process to be able to do this kind of work and have safe conversations with my few people in an environment that was more closed up socially. It truly felt like more of a safe place to me and felt like I had more control on telling and sharing my own story, but then also having full control over who I spent my time with and who I gave my energy to. I I needed to preserve my energy for this exploration and for the people invested in that exploration. And I couldn't and wouldn't give time or energy to people or events or conversations that felt the slightest bit uncomfortable or that I felt like I couldn't bring my full self to. Um, So, as the world opens up, I've definitely noticed more anxiety around sharing this part of my identity and having to assess multiple situations and social gatherings and if I'll feel safe in them. Just having to do that all the time is really, really exhausting and again, can feel defeating at times. Um, and like I said, even with my sexual identity, there's some anxiety too. Uh, you know, as some of you may know, I'm a very confident queer person, (laughs) um, confident in general, but also just confidently and like very proudly queer and feel like very firm and stable in that identity. But, being in a new serious queer relationship that some people haven't seen or even knew about until recently, this almost feels like another step in the coming out process too. Like coming out with a new partner in new situations where we we have to assess, you know, are we comfortable around these people? Do they know that we're in a relationship? Do we have to hide? And these are just like constant And just endless reminders that we need to center our own comfort over others' discomfort. And that general rule or principle can be applied to all of my identities, really. Uh, If I feel at all uncomfortable going into a situation or being around a person or in a certain place, I have every right to say no and not feel guilt over that decision. And it won't matter to me if people judge me or are upset with that decision. I'm just going to keep centering my comfort or the comfort of my partner and myself, etc. And obviously that can be easier said than done, but I am really pushing myself to sticking to that, even when the anxiety comes into my body and just brings in those voices into my head that say things like, uh, oh, that's going to make them mad, or you're going to feel left out, or... Or even like, suck it up, you'll be fine. Or like, just act like the old you, you'll be fine. Just, ugh, no. Like, hard no, hard pass. No to all of those and to all of those voices and to any voices that say that to you all too. 2021 should be all about centering our comfort over others' discomfort and making decisions with that in mind, especially with what we went through in 2020. Like, let's center that joy, let's center that comfort. So what's going to feel good for you and what's going to bring you joy? Let's center that joy. Let's amplify our own strong voices and let's celebrate our identities that make us unique and that we cherish within ourselves. We're entering a different world or at least one that's more reminiscent of the world pre-COVID. And we all know, I certainly know, that newness and uncertainty and a disruption and routine or schedule and, and a way of life can be very anxiety-inducing. But I really want to try to take that energy that's building up in my body as anxiety and somehow scientifically, molecularly, magically, I don't know, (laughs) somehow transform that energy in my body into bravery and into calm and peace and confidence. This is all just a reminder that we are the decision makers in our own lives. We are in control We get to decide what we actively participate in that can enrich our lives and our identities. And 2020 might have taken parts of us with it. It might have messed with our mental health and taken our stability and security and taken other precious things away from us too. But 2021 presents different opportunities for us. And maybe this is our chance to reclaim that stability and security and make decisions for ourselves and no one else. We have autonomy and maybe we have a newfound sense of resilience and maybe we have some new expressions of our identities, but let's center that comfort and let's center that celebration of our identities. Let's center that pride and let's center that joy. I appreciate the people that are listening to this episode now and that have always shown consistent support of my work, but also my identities and... It show up and put in work on themselves too, like whether it's identity work or education on other DEI topics or whatever. You all are heroes and role models, and I'm so thankful to have your support. As always, I'd love to hear your stories. So please reach out to me on social media if you want to start a conversation or even come on the podcast and share your story. I know I've got some very brave listeners and followers out there. And also just please remember to follow slash subscribe slash rate, you know, all that fun stuff, rate this episode and the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to this episode on. And I really appreciate it. So to close out the episode, like we always do, let's go to a Yo Mags question. The Yo Mags question for this episode was actually submitted a while ago, but I forgot about it. So my bad. (laughs) But the question is, if you had to be an animal instead of a person, what would you be and why? Just so thought-provoking and really deep, you know, like a true head-scratcher. If you know me, then you know, maybe no, I don't know. I just said no a lot. (laughs) Maybe if you know me, you might know, oh my gosh, that I really love pandas. I think they're super cute, especially baby pandas. Oh, they're just so fluffy. and like, ugh, They're so cute. I just want to hug them. So part of me wants to answer panda just because they seem kind of lazy and just like lie around and eat bamboo and chill all day. But... Oh, I don't know if I should actually answer that. So maybe that's like a side answer. And of course, typical Maggie just answering in several different ways and can't make one decision. My other answer, though, would be I was going to say some kind of a dog, but then I just realized that my family and I did this quiz a long time ago where we all figured out what dog breed we would be if we were a dog. And my results were Bernie's Mountain Dog which seems very fitting because they're super athletic, they're playful, they're goofy, they're adorable, Uh, they're kind of, they have like huge paws and are kind of large. I don't know if that has anything to do with my choice, but they're just kind of like doofy and like sweet, you know? I don't know. So I guess my answer would be a panda or a Bernese Mountain Dog. think those are some pretty solid answers, and maybe pretty telling of who I am and how weird I am. Anyway, that's what I'm going with. Alrighty-roo, everyone. (laughs) Thanks again for listening, and after saying alrighty-roo... I really hope you all listen again to the next episode, which should hopefully come out in a few weeks. And like I said, be on the lookout for some awesome pride-related content. It's going to be really exciting because you all know how excited I get with pride. Oh, I'm just so excited just thinking about it. If you all have any questions you'd like me to answer on an upcoming episode, DM me on social media, yo mags question hit me up if you just want to talk about something else or if you want to come on the podcast or, you know, any of that cool stuff. I'm I'm totally open. I'm game. Would love to have you on. So thanks again for listening. And I hope you all have a fantastic rest of your week and talk to you all soon. Can't wait.